As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Episode 8, Dating in Hollywood with Alexa Curtis. So, hi, Alexa. Thank you for joining us. You're in sunny California as we speak, aren't you? I am. Thank you for having me for a new podcast. I'm so excited. Oh, good. Well, you're like one of my star clients, and I love, love, love you as a person, too. So I'm thrilled to have you, and I'm going to just toss it out there. We're definitely having you back. Maybe when you're in New York next time, we'll, <laughs> we'll schedule you to come in in person. But before we start, let's tell everybody about your dating status. And I will say that Alexa is adorable. She's young. She's in her 20s. She's a go-getter. I actually said this to my intern earlier today. I am very like driven, but I will say like you are probably more driven than me. Um, definitely, I was not as focused and as you know sharp when I was your age. Um, so I can only imagine what you're going to be like when you're closer to my age. So so, um, and Alex is an entrepreneur. She's the founder of an incredible Be Fearless Summit. We have the uh, first, second one taking place in April at Berkeley um, and a variety of other things. So I'm going to let you say more, but let's hear about your relationship status first. Oh my gosh. What a nice intro. Thank you. Relationship status is completely single. I will say that moving to LA has been the worst place to date <laughs> That's and just try to actively not date here. Why do you say? And that's interesting because that's I was doing a little research and prep for our, our you know conversation, and that's what I was hearing. Like doing the reading, a lot of people were saying that. LA, just to compare it to New York City, it's so much harder um, for so many reasons. So, what do you think? Like the maybe the main or maybe main three reasons would be, in your opinion, why it's so much more difficult. <sighs> I would say 
one is people, especially guys, are much more pretentious here, like very self-absorbed. Number two, I would say the options are so unlimited. And I will say that not everyone, but many females here are willing to date a guy because he's famous or date a guy because he's in a band because it helps their credibility. So it just creates like a really superficial setting. And then the third thing is I've noticed here that so many guys are moving out like past 30. They're still living at home with their parents. And that's not what I want to date. So it's kind of a weird situation. Yeah, yeah. I was seeing like a lot of people like, um, well, obviously there were directors or actors or entrepreneurs, not you. I mean, you're, I can vouch, you're very employed, but like entrepreneurs <laughs> or whatever on the resume, which basically translates to either underemployed or unemployed. Have you found that at all? Like on your, like, you know, mission and dating and stuff like that? I know we've commiserated and celebrated um, about some of our finds and misses, if you will, on the apps. Um, <laughs> excuse me. But have you, um, have you found that? Like, you like someone seems better on paper than they are in reality yeah I think so and I mean I don't use any dating apps so I'm not an online dater it honestly kind of scares me so I try and just meet people organically like at my office or whatever and I think that makes it a little bit better so I know that they do something yeah Mm. if you're taking the route of online dating you never know what you're getting like linked up to so you might as well be better like stalking them on LinkedIn or something right right and have you had um what are some of the I guess more successes I know you're obviously single so they didn't come to fruition but (laughs) no offense I'm in the same boat but that seems um I guess seems like promising of in terms of like a setup or you met somebody I know you were telling me um we don't have to say his name and get into too many details but you were you did like one guy at one point a couple months ago that you you felt like you yeah. were clicking with like how'd you meet that guy oh we met him at a wedding right can you tell us the story yeah okay that's yeah, a cool no, place to meet somebody uh, i'm happy to like talk about it and i feel like if someone dates me they know there's a strong possibility i'm going to talk about it but yeah. i would say here also commitment issues you can probably relate is so prominent and i think that's what happened with this guy we met through a friend he was older than me it was really good and then he just don't know what happened um but we had a mutual friend so that was kind of odd and now they don't really talk as much and then I met another guy, and on the third date, he was a lot, he was not a lot, he was older than me, and then he asked me to split the bill. And I was like, are you kidding? I don't even <laughs> have guys my age ask me to split the bill. But yeah. both of them, at over 40, both asked me to split the bill. And so maybe that can be another episode. I don't, I, I, I don't even know, I didn't know how to answer, so I, I don't see any of them anymore. And then since then, I haven't really, I haven't really met anyone. Yeah, we definitely could have a whole conversation about that. Like, what's your opinion on that? Like, when a guy, I feel like when a guy asks you out, I don't know. I'm old school. I mean, I obviously am a hard worker. I, I earn a nice living, as you do. Can certainly pay for our own burger or a glass of wine, right? Yeah. But I sort of feel like, you know, there's something sweet about being courted, and especially in the beginning of whatever stage, relationship, dating, whatever you're in, I think guys should take care of a girl. I know I'm probably going to get a lot of, like, flack for that, but that's my opinion. Don't you? Do you agree? No. I completely agree with you. And I did a whole podcast episode on my own about this. And a lot of people replied and said that if he asked you out first, he should pay. If you ask him out, you should pay. 
I think that the guy should pay. I think he should pay up until the fifth date. But I also, on the other hand, if this guy cannot pay for you, number one, then do you really want to be going out with someone who can't buy you a glass of wine or a cocktail or a meal? Number two. Right. Or uh, want to. I mean, even if they can, they still, they may just be like cheap, right? Or just rude. Exactly. Yeah. Or if he's like a serial dater, he might be dating a bunch of people and he can't afford to buy them all glasses of wine, whatever. (laughs) Good point. If you go into if you go into it, the guy should easily say, look, I'm just going to give you a heads up. Our first or second date, I would love to like, get you a drink. But after that, I really need to put the bill. I'm not financially stable right now. And I want it to be up front. The worst thing is the whole, do I pull out my my debit card? Do I not? And then you, I would have bought it, but let's split it because now you offered. Right. So in, back in that situation that you were in, um, did you, did the bill, the bill comes did he ask you to split the bill or did you offer and then he accepted your offer? No, I didn't offer. So the first time the guy from the wedding, just right off the bat at the end of the date, having like eaten and drank most of the stuff, uh, asked me to split this not cheap meal. And then the next guy who I met like a month later, who was older, he yeah. came to LA to see me. Oh, wow. He and I went out to dinner, then we went to brunch. And then on the like third date or whatever, in 48 hours, uh, we went to a sports bar and he asked me to split in a $160 bill there. And he was also, I brought my best friend with me. And mm. she was like, no, you flew across the country to see her. She's not splitting the bill with you. Good. And so he did he pick up the tab? He did because I was like, yeah, uh, I put the bathroom, but I ran so guys are crazy. I mean, I guess girls are too. Guys listening, but like, uh, yeah, no, I, my philosophy is like this. This is how I handle it. Like, I think that you should be courted. I want, I, I like to be courted. I want to be treated nicely. Like, I look for a guy to kind of like emulate. I guess how my father takes care of my mom in that way because that's what I was see. I saw growing up. Um, but you know. I'm also, as you are too, because I know firsthand, we're both generous people, right? So I kind of feel like maybe by like the third date, I might pick it up. I won't tell them. I just surprise them and just grab it, you know? And Or if we go to a movie, like I'll let them get the tickets and I'll like treat for the popcorn once in a while. Not a lot. You know, I just sort of will do that. And then buy them little yeah, things no, and agree. treats and stuff if, as things evolve. No, no, no. But I think I agree with you. I think in the beginning, especially, you know, it sets the tone for what the what you know what the dynamics are going to be if it works out, and I think that they should court you. I don't know. You're, I think. No, it's- I agree. I would say that the third day you mentioned the third day. I would say that's even a little early. I'm talking like a full meal. If you're going to buy candy or popcorn or movie tickets or something, that's completely different. But if we're talking about like a full meal, like buy a round of drinks and then on the fifth day, no, you they, offer they should to- pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So let's get back into like geographics, right? So you're in, you're out in California, you're in LA. Do you find it even like difficult to date because of all of the different, I don't know if this is the right terminology to use, but like the regions and territories like Santa Monica versus Venice versus Hollywood versus West Hollywood versus like Silver Lake, Beverly Hills, Pasadena. (laughs) I mean, it all like kind of, it defines not only I guess your financial background, but also like your personality. And then it's a schlep, if you will, to go from one to the next with the traffic situation, California. It's a very different dynamic than other cities or not California, LA, I should say. It's very different dynamic than cities like Chicago or New York or even Philadelphia, where it's more manageable to get from one place to the next in a shorter period of time. 
Yeah, that's an interesting, that's an interesting theory. And I know when you last came, we didn't even, I didn't even get to see you because you weren't here long enough. But the next time you come, I'll have to kind of show you around a few places, but it definitely makes it a pain. You know, I know when I lived in, I did long distance from LA and Connecticut, which was like very far um, after a while. But people in LA don't even want to date someone who lives in Santa Monica if you live in Hollywood. It's like absolutely ridiculous. And especially I dated someone who lived in Connecticut. So for me to drive 30 minutes is nothing, but people don't want to, people don't want to do it. So I I think so. I mean, I would definitely say the guys that I've met who live on the water, Santa Monica, Malibu are much more chill. A lot of them work in tech. And then the West Hollywood guys are really not my type. (laughs) They're just very much the like obsessed with the lifestyle and the culture and and whatnot. And I'm not as into that. Um, But, but maybe. I West, meet I mean, West Hollywood's that way. Like There's a lot of that. Like with, I, I was like, some of the research was saying, you know, and be careful because just because their date shows up in a Porsche doesn't mean that they live in a like an apartment. They could be living in like a glorified trailer park. And someone that, oh, yeah. and some guys that have a lot of, you know, financial stability, they'll they'll drive very average cars, you know, or whatever. And you know that because they purposely don't want a girl going after them for the wrong reasons. Do you find that? I think I've met a lot of guys who seem to think that girls are going to take advantage of them and especially younger girls and I can easily see it but I also Mm -hmm. think that they shouldn't necessarily put up such a strong front like at the end of the day it's money and it's a car no one really could take advantage of you unless they literally steal your credit card or your car which is likely not going to happen within the first five to ten days so I just wish people I think would kind of relax a little bit and just be who they are it's obviously LA is such a fake kind of place to live so you get a lot of that in the dating scene, but you just have to really figure out and weave it out. You can tell when someone's being themselves and when they're not. Yeah. And then there's also apparently like a LA dating syndrome. Do you know about that condition? Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> what is that? That sounds awful. So it's like basically wanting what you can't have. They're the Peter Pan syndrome, like not never growing up. Um, daters are apparently so afraid of making the wrong choice and thinking something better is coming along. Um, so, you know, they they won't commit. They'll say, oh, just text me later if you want to get together. Um, but it'd be like, you know, you're looking to maybe meet up for dinner at eight and that would be your text that you received at five because they're going to wait to like 7, you know, 43 to confirm that the eight o'clock dinner is actually happening just to make sure nothing else better is going to be coming down the pipeline. And the fact that I guess because obviously LA, especially Hollywood, there's droves and droves of gorgeous men and women coming, even people coming into the town like every day looking to land an amazing job in the movies and things like that. So there's just so many beautiful people. It's just very, very hard. Do you, do you or any of your friends like I actually experienced that when I was out there. I was talking to a guy, um, not this past time, but like the time before. Um, and, and, um, I was talking to a guy and we were supposed to get together for drinks the next day. And, um, Oh, no, 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 not the next day. Sorry, it was the same night. I was thinking we were chatting in the morning and then we were going to get together for a drink um, that night. And he was like, well, let me know around well, – I'll touch base with you around like 6. I'm like, okay. Like I usually make dates here in New York like a week or two. And Well, that's people make fun of me for that too because my schedule's nuts. But do you find that's like very last minute? Yeah, that's funny because when I lived in New York, I I was the same. I would plan like a week out. I will give an example. Last week, uh, I'm on this I'm on this one app called Raya, 
Mm-hmm. And it's just for like celebrities and people in entertainment and whatnot. And I matched with this guy and he didn't really reply. And I don't, I like, I think I had just accidentally swiped right, whatever. So fast forward, he's like, do you want to get drinks? But he never replied. So I unmatched him. I was like, whatever. Then he messaged me on Instagram and was like, hey, we're no longer connected. Like, do you want to still go out on Wednesday? And I think it was Monday. And I was like, oh yeah, haha, I deleted the app. Like, you know, we can go out. So I gave him my, my number. Mm-hmm. He texted me. It was on over the weekend and he was like, he's in Sundance and he's like, he'll be back on Monday. And I was like, okay, sounds good. You know, so we had made a plan on like Sunday to meet Wednesday night at seven at a wine bar. So come Wednesday, I had like thought about it, but I was like, I haven't talked to the guy. He never replied to my message. So I made friends to go out with the, my friend and her boyfriend for dinner. So at 7.05, he texted me and is like, hey, I'm at AOC, which is this place to the left. And I replied and was like, I'm not, never confirmed with me, like, I feel really bad. I was like, I would never stand someone up. You're welcome to come and join us for dinner. But I like, I never heard from you. And I, I think that's such an LA thing. I think that's, like, yeah. I and I think you're totally right to do that. You're going to wait around like a you, damsel in distress. Like you're busy and you're a, you're a woman of the world. Like you have like a life to live. Like I wouldn't be waiting around either. That's rude of that guy. But right? I guess in his, I guess in his opinion, we had already confirmed a time and a date, but it was like four days before. Ugh. So it was like in New York, I would have confirmed that the day before totally yeah but it's a different mentality over there i wouldn't do well that scenario i'm like so i'm like i'm major type a i know you're a little like that too we're like sisters almost in that (laughs) i think we're like separated at birth but nevertheless um yeah like (laughs) i wouldn't i wouldn't do well with that that would drive me absolutely insane i think do you like alexa do have you ever worked with like a matchmaker I signed up for this one the other day called the bevy and uh, I had a consultation with the girl and I don't know if she found out my age I had kind of lied about it but I have that's the only one that I tried and I I was referred there from a friend but since then I haven't have you I haven't I've been approached by a few to like you know have them put my profile in their I guess database but um I haven't but then my one of my friends from high school um I you know I'm still in touch with he's and we like we swim in the same sea of business like you know leaders in like the South Jersey area I guess he had a friend who's in that industry and he shared my information with her unbeknownst to me but his obviously I was happy he did so she contacted me and we're supposed to meet for coffee because she wanted to like meet with me I don't know she's like meeting with me more to like see if I was interested to be a client or you know just be like in the database and that's how she works it because she wants to really get to know the person so I'll keep you posted um and if I vet her and she's good I'll pass her on to you if you want <laughs> she's got a yeah, lot of people and all over the country like I was telling her like I, I spend most of my free time in New York so it's a little easier for me to date someone up this way only because I you know, when I'm, I'm back in like the, the New Jersey area, I'm either engrossed in whatever I'm doing with work or I have my children. So, uh, but anyway, she's a lot of people all over the country. So this is, sounds like a private conversation, but nevertheless, everybody's listening. We all share the information with you. Well, and maybe we could do a second um, show on that and we could dive more into the uh, paying situation and stories yeah. in that way. So as we wrap up, because I can't believe the time went so fastly, so fast, I should say, what are some of the lessons and the take-homes that you've learned from some of the mishaps? Like, Because I honestly, and I know you agree, believe that mistakes aren't mistakes if you learn something from them. So mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be a relationship mistake, just like a dating faux pas or, you know, you um, 
participated in a bad date that wasn't really necessarily, you know, your fault, but like you've learned from, from that. I've learned that I am not going to dedicate a lot of time to texting someone I haven't met. And, you know, because it's like a lot of you get to know them and you actually like them and then it's, you know, a waste of your time at the end of the day if it's not a fit. Um, so what have, what have you learned? Have you learned anything like profound that you want to share? You know, one thing I think I've learned from the concept of just dating in general, regardless of the city, is just trust your gut. If you don't, if in your heart, you don't want to split the bill, you think that you should be, quote, courted, that he should be paying, then don't offer to take out your card. And um, then just if, if he asks you at the end, be like, I'm going to be honest with you. I would prefer it more if you did take care of it. My parents did this. Like, it's just an important thing to me. If you really don't care, then offer to split the bill. But I would say that's the number one thing. And I would think the second the second most important is just to realize that if someone, you know, those two guys, well, the second one that asked me to split the bill, but the first one who I liked and enjoyed hanging out with, and then he kind of just vanished. Uh, you know, it wasn't meant to be. He has his own issues. I have my own issues. But that it, some things are just not meant to be and, and let it go. Got it. That's really – that's good advice because I think a lot of people try to do – Something and they, they don't feel comfortable with it, but they think that they are sort of backed into a corner or something like that. Just stand your ground. That's very, very yeah. nice. All right. Well, thank you so much for being a part of the Race for the Ring. It was such a pleasure. I am sure I'll be chatting with you throughout the rest of the day today <laughs> and tomorrow and et cetera too. But um, we'll definitely – I definitely want you back when you come into New York. We'll do something in person and have some fun. Okay. Of course. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. My, my pleasure. Love you. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Race for the Ring. If you liked today's episode, please write us a review. They can make or break a good podcast just like a dull dude can be the kiss of death to a date. I'll catch you next week. And in the meantime, be sure to say hi and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. My handles and contacts are in the show notes. It's been my pleasure to have you along for today's dating debate. Bye-bye.